Welcome to Just Go Grind. I'm your host, Justin Gordon, the Director of Marketing at Vitalize Venture Capital. On today's episode, we have Vivian Chen, founder and CEO of Rise, which you can find at joinrise.co, a professional social network that enables companies to proactively build relationships with people. Prior to starting Rise, Vivian was an operator who built brands and products for the likes of Fortune 500 companies, high-growth startups, as well as leading VCs, private equity firms, and global institutions. Let's dive in. Vivian, welcome to the show. Thanks. So excited to be here. Yes. And for people not familiar with Rise, tell me more about what this company is doing today. Yeah. Um, so Rise is a next generation social, uh, professional social network uh, that enables companies to proactively build relationships with people. Um we believe that uh, with COVID and everything, there ushers in a, a, a new era um, for how people work. Um, we believe that people want to have a more 3D representation of who they are, um, and we're enabling people to do that. So um, it. it's getting harder and harder for companies to attract <laughs> talent. There's the whole you know conversation around the great resignation. So our way of combating that is to enable people to, to connect more authentically before they're looking, even looking for a job, um, build relationships that way. Um, and then maybe, you know, uh, it'll turn into something meaningful for, for everyone involved. There are a lot of aspects of this I want to dive into. But first, what is the origin story? How did this company get started in the first place? Yeah, um, it's funny when you think about like how startups are started. It's like it's never exactly uh, what you end up with is never exactly where you started. Um, and I would say definitely true for us. So the first iteration of Rise happened a little over two years ago. So pre-COVID. Actually, what year are we in? 2011? Yeah, 2019. So 2021. So yeah, two years ago. Um, when I left uh, my previous job, um, knowing that I wanted to do something entrepreneurial. Um, and I didn't know what. <laughs> Initially, I thought I was going to do something in the consumer goods space, spend some time exploring uh, that, that area, and very quickly realized how expensive it was to manufacturing physical goods. <laughs> yep. So I picked up consulting on the side, and I started freelancing. Um, and I, you know, a lot, a lot more people are freelancing today, which I am so pumped about. But back in the day, you know, when you start freelancing, it was kind of an anomaly. Um, and for me, I come from a background in both B2B as well as B2C. So I was able to flex into multiple industries. Um, I consulted for, uh, you know, marketing, sales, product. Um, and I worked hand in hand with mostly C-level um, executives um, from high growth startups all the way to Fortune 500 companies. Um, and I like to think that because of that experience, I uh, leapfrogged my career. So, you know, when I previously left my job, I was, um, you know, a manager level. But within a a period of a few months, I was able to level up to, you know, um, a VP or above um, level simply because I put myself out there. And it's, yep. you know, all about what it is that you can do instead of what your bosses think that you can do. So that's why we're called Rise is because I fundamentally believe that within each one of us, um, there is, uh, you know, that extraordinary talent waiting to be uncovered. Um, and so I made it my life's mission to do that. And Initially, pre-COVID, the way of doing that, I thought, was to enable people to do more freelancing work. Um, and we had a lot of success with that. Um, I actually attempted to fundraise February, third week of February 2020. 
went out to San Francisco. You can, yes, yeah, you know where this is going. (laughs) Went out to SF and then came back first week of March to New York and basically haven't left yet. (laughs) Um, And I think, you know, COVID was this interesting moment where um, all these things were happening, all the things that we sort of predicted as people are going to work when they want, where they want, how they want, became true overnight. Um, On the one hand, I was exhilarated because, you know, this vision that I had of how the world was going to work became a reality overnight. On the other hand, um, what used to be our unique value proposition became table stakes because every single company is now remote, distributed, and enables people to work um, in a much more flexible way. So we actually made a pivot at the beginning of 2021. Um, We decided to open it up to enable people to work, not just in freelancing type of roles, but all sorts of roles, given that many more employers are open to, um, you know, a variety of different ways of partnering with people. And we also heard from a lot of the, uh, the professionals that we work with that, you know, the reason that I went into freelancing was because I wanted the freedom, um, but I really miss health insurance. And I would love <laughs> to be able to work with a company that has that flexible culture, but still be able to provide me with benefits. So we listened. Um, and that's how we decided to build Rise, what I call 2.0. Tell me through that in terms of the, the product itself. What does it look like for people joining? What they, can they expect? All those things. I'm kind of curious about that side of it. Yeah. So today, um, if you're a professional, you go through an onboarding experience with us. Um, and we Uh, dive deep into who you are, what it is that you're looking for. Um, And um, from there, um, you're able to access uh, Rise, the platform, where you'll be able to create a profile, um, interact with the feed, connect with others, and companies actually make the first move to follow you. Um, so it's kind of like sit, sit, sit back, relax and wait for other people to come <laughs> court you. Like you just, you just do you, you know, companies will come and, um, and, and, and court you. So how we enable people, how we, how we enable companies to court people, this is where I think it's really interesting is, um, we allow uh, professionals to share more about themselves. So tell us about a project you're working on. Um, uh, do you have a recent uh, case study or portfolio that you want to show off? Um, what's a quick win that you've had recently? And, you know, whenever you first jump on an interview question, it's like the first 15 minutes is always the same. It's like, tell me about yourself. Tell me about your strength, your weaknesses, even that whole line of yeah. questioning. We actually decided to um, have companies ask what's called icebreaker questions. Um, and you can answer them at your leisure, right? And these uh, answers will be as part of your profile. So it's like you can skip that first 15 minutes of just, you know, feel like you said the same thing over and over again. And also removing the pressure of feeling like you have to have the perfect response when in a high pressure environment, it's like, I wish I had said X, Y, and Z, but, you know, I kind of went, my brain went blank and I, I don't even know what I said. <laughs> so giving people just, you know, a much more relaxed um, and authentic environment for them to, um, you know, showcase more about themselves. What is the business model then behind that? So is it the companies that are, are paying a fee for that? Like, okay. Yep. Exactly. So companies, similarly, they also go through an onboarding process, sharing more about their culture, their vision, um, the values, perks and benefits that they have. Um, and they similarly have a profile. Companies are able to post these icebreakers, have surveys, host events, workshops, um, and uh, you know, also connect with people. How are you going about getting companies on board, and what is like what is that pitch like for them? Because I know there's so many companies now. Obviously, you're, the, the war for talent is, is crazy, and they're trying to hire, they're trying to get people into their company. So, what is that pitch for you, and how does it, that work on that side of things? 
Yeah. So I think for us, when we tell, like, companies get it that um, the smartest employers are already building relationships proactively. Um, And for a lot of them, it's like they want to get out of that reactive scramble. It's like, you know, you have a hiring manager who, who comes to you and say, hey, I'm looking to hire five engineers. And you open up your, you know, your email and it's like, <laughs> I have nothing. And every single time someone comes to you with that, like, hey, I need to hire someone, you basically start from zero. And our idea is instead of starting from zero, you start from a small curated list of people that you've already built authentic relationships with. Um, so, you know, like I, I gave the example of Google, um, uh, Citadel, Amazon, Zappos, you know, they, they all have departments within their companies um, where their job is to just go out there and create experiences and meet with people authentically. Um, I like to tell the story of one of my mentors. Um, previously, she used to work at BuzzFeed and then Google was trying to hire her and she's like, no, no, I'm not interested in talking to recruiters. And they tried many, many times, you know, through LinkedIn, through email, through Twitter, you know, and, and she's like, I'm not going to respond to you. And finally, they reached out to her and they said, we would love to invite you to a panel that we have speaking on social justice. And here are the speakers that are coming. Um, and it's a very small, exclusive group of people. Would you be interested? And she's like, now that, that I'm interested. I'm going to go, I'm going to go to that. And of course, when she got there at the table, there were the recruiters who then were able to, you know, have a conversation with her. But it's about crafting experiences and getting, um, getting in front of people, um, even when they're passive on topics and uh, areas in which they have deep passions about. Um, it, like that's how we make friends in life. That's you yeah. know that's how we build connections with people. Why don't we do that for the world of work? What does that look like on the on the back end in terms of so if I'm an employee for instance and look you know one of these opportunities to come to me. I know it's going to be different for each person depending on interest and all that sort of thing. But are they getting like two employers to come to them like two hundred employers. I can imagine it could be overwhelming if there's too many. Like how does that kind of matching kind of process go? Yeah, you also get to determine who, whether uh, whether you even want to hear from them. Um, so for the professionals, it's like if you don't want to talk to a certain large tech company because you think their practices are questionable, you can decline the invitation and you don't have to hear from them. I think that's the beauty is that we want to filter out the signal from the noise. And with traditional social networks, there's just so much noise. Um, and for us, it's all about parsing out the signal. Okay, in the beginning, you're matching both of these. You want obviously employers and as well as employees. How did you go about building this in the beginning? I know you mentioned in COVID, different model, kind of version 2.0 now. How have you gone about getting the word out about it, finding people for the platform? Like, Tim, do more of that. Yeah. Um, so I, I love sharing just like, you know, sort of the dirty behind the scenes parts of yes. building a business. Um, so, you know, happy to dive into this a little bit. And we also recently raised around and happy to share a little bit more about our fundraising process too. But um, version 1.0 of the product, I built it out myself using WordPress. <laughs> I, love and, that. I love that so much. <laughs> yeah. And it would break like almost daily. It was so, it, it was, it was, it worked. And for, you know, a, a product that's built on WordPress, I was incredibly proud of it. But, yeah, you know, for anyone who's worked with that platform knows that it's just incredibly not scalable and not stable. So I spent many, many 3 a.m.s uh, fixing the site, uh, getting on calls with, uh, you know, folks, whoever can help me uh, in the middle of the night trying to get the site back up um, and having 20 different versions of, of the site saved in, in various places. Um, so, you know, 
that was the first version of the site, which was built pretty scrappily with a few thousand dollars with a platform that is already existing. Um, we actually have so many plugins on the site that um, I remember um, asking like an engineer to help me fix some problem. He's like, I've never seen a site with so many plugins. He's like, I think it's time for you to move on to something else. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Um, but um, initially it was all about word of mouth. Um, you know, we made connections with people one-on-one. Like I remember I used to go to events um, and going to events, going oh. to, a, I know, right. Mind blow. <laughs> and, and then they'll be like, does anyone have a question or does he want to say anything? And I would just shamelessly stand up and talk about, talk about the company and be like, I'm also passing out cards at the end and literally just hand it to anyone who will listen. So that's kind of how we build up the community in the early days. Um, and then definitely benefited from COVID, um, you know, from, March until July of 2020, I had zero dollars, zero revenue coming in because no one was hiring, regardless if it was part time, freelance, full time. It was it was that, you know, really dark period when um, uh, just no one knows what what was going on. Um, But what you know, one thing that kind of was a um, a a silver lining um, was that there were tons of people who were looking for alternative ways of looking for work. So we had um, this massive amount of people who joined the platform and became interested in the community that we're building um, uh, because of this this new way of work that we are envisioning. So with that too, you mentioned building it yourself, WordPress initially. I mean, it kept breaking eventually, but at what point, like what'd you do? Did you shift to a different platform? Did you hire developers? Take me through that side of things. Um, we, uh, so, um, the end of 2020, um, we decided to the end of 2020, beginning of 2021, decided to slowly pivot the business model. And this is when I, um, told you that, you know, instead of focusing purely on one type of employment, uh, employers, we decided to open up to, um, you know, full-time opportunities as well. Um, and I think we also kind of benefited from the fact that, um, towards the end of 2020, beginning of 2021, companies were feeling comfortable to hire again. So there was a huge moment where companies were, it was like the great rehiring. Um, So from that, we were able to sign on some amazing customers, um, you know, like the uh, the well-known tech Silicon Valley type of companies. And we used, initially we were kind of, you know, manually doing the work for them, building out the profile, posting their jobs, connecting them with talent. and using the revenue that we generated from that first batch of customers, we built out our um, current version of the product. Um, and yes, we hired um, developers, um, but it was really just however much revenue we were bringing in, that's how much we were putting into the product. With that too, yeah, I know you mentioned it kind of grew through word of mouth, but getting these bigger tech companies on board too, with that, as time has gone on, like how has that evolved in the last year or so? Because you know, we're recording this in December right now mm-hmm. of 2021. Mm-hmm. That was a shift. You said, you know, end of 2020-ish, you know, early 2021, maybe. That shift in that in terms of how you went about that. I- I'm curious as getting more of these tech companies and stuff on board because especially big tech companies, I mean, they're hiring a, a ton for sure, but there's other established platforms in different ways going about it. Like, tell me say more of that. I'm curious on getting them, getting them on board. Yeah, for sure. I think it was, um, you know, uh, at the beginning of the year, there there was that wave, like I said, of the great rehiring. So companies were um, just much more willing to try out different platforms. Um, and uh, we were one of the platforms that people were very interested in. I think now, because 
you know, companies are getting bombarded by so many messages all the time. It's all about what are you doing differently? And I think so many of the offerings out there is kind of the same saying. It boils down to like, I have X number of diverse candidates and I can get you this many people uh, into your pipeline by this date. And it's like, people just become a number at that point, right? And um, it's it, it, it's like just because you get people into the pipeline or, um, you know, you, you have X number of people within your network doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be the best quality of people. Who do you actually want? So what we do now is actually practice the philosophy that we have built out ourselves with the Rise platform, which is to build authentic relationships with people who are true champions of, um, uh, of talent and of uh, rising professionals. Um, so, you know, reaching out to HR leaders and saying, this is our philosophy. This is how we think the world of recruiting should be evolving. What do you think? And so many people um, believe in what we do. So it's actually been sort of our unique advantage telling our the story that we use to build the product to actually use as our sales channel. You mentioned the fundraise and you went from no revenue in that dark period of, <laughs> of COVID to now just raising a round. Take me through raising this latest round, what that's going to allow you to do. I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah. Um, oh my goodness. If you told me about like how we raised money like a year ago, I would have been like, nah, you're like, you're like, that's not, that's not us. That's not possible. <laughs> Um, so <laughs> I think I had a little bit of PTSD from the first time I tried to fundraise because, you know, with COVID and everything, it was just such a, uh, I don't want to say outlier experience because I think so many startups had a similar experience, but you know, it's, it's literally like every single VC fund just stopped talking to you. And they're like, actually, we're going to concentrate on our portfolio. So <laughs> the, all the relationships that I had, um, by going out West basically just died. Um, and so the second time around, I actually didn't, didn't initiate the fundraise at all. Um, it, it was, uh, it's crazy. I, I was, you know, because I couldn't meet people, uh, IRL, I decided to join this founder program. Um, and I, I just wanted to connect with other founders and potentially even like, you know, meet investors and, um, just, just learn from others. So I joined this program called day one. If anyone is out there, is oh, I know, it. I know the founder of that. I think, what? yeah, Andrew, yeah, what? Andrew and Rahul, yeah. yeah, 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 they're awesome. So I was, um, I was one of the earlier cohorts, and I was like, I love what they're doing. Let me join day one. So, first practice, you know, like it's it's a it's a program that's uh, very structured, and part of it is. Uh, you get to pitch investors. So the first pitch practice that, that they had, um, I was in a group with like five other founders. Um, and the first founder comes on and they had a PowerPoint and they were really, you know, like buttoned up. And then the second person goes and it was alphabetical by first name. So I was the last person. And I was <laughs> like, thank God I'm the last person because I did not know that we were doing like a, a real pitch. I thought we were just practicing here and I can test out some of my messages. And so that competitive side of me came out. So while like, you know, the third and the fourth founder were pitching, I like quickly wrote out my like short three, three minute pitch. Um, and I think because I was so like um, short on time, it actually made the message very crystal clear. And um, you did, I didn't have to overthink it at all. So then I did my pitch uh, and the VC in the room was really blown away. Nothing, nothing came out of the, the VC in the end, but one of the other founders in the practice session with me 
DM'd me right after and was like, hey, I'm an accredited investor. I would love to invest. And I I know it was, uh, mind you, at this point, like I fundraising was nowhere near my mind. I was still just practicing my pitch. uh, And I was like, sure, sounds good. So then immediately started Googling, how do I do a save? You know, like, what do I need to do to take an investor money? And, um, and, you know, that basically kicked off my uh, my fundraising process. And in my process of researching, how do I actually collect checks and what do I need to know by taking in investor money? Um, I went to another one of my founder friends and I said, hey, um, someone just offered to put money into the company. Um, like, what do I need to do? Like, what do I need to know? And he was like, congratulations. I'm so excited for you. You, you worked really hard. I'm in too. Call me in for X dollar amount as well. And I actually got, I think, like three or four checks like this of, of people just saying, like, count me in, count me in. And I still had no deck. Um, and that was kind of how we got our um, our first sort of tranche of investor money. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so that's 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 the beginning. And then um, in total, I, I, I counted, we've met with about 50 just under 50 investors. Um, and uh, most recently we closed um, uh, a bigger fund and the process there, I think was was quite interesting. I'll pause to see if any questions before, um, before sharing that story. Yeah, I'm just curious with that, with that fundraise, I mean, how long did that take for you? How long has it taken so far? How'd you go about it in terms of, you know, obviously getting some interest in about me in some ways, but then also you pursuing who you wanted potentially on your cap table. How has that gone as well? Because there's a lot of founders I've talked to who, depending on the stage you're at, if they started a company before, some understand more of it, the value add, some small checks can be really valuable depending on what they do. Um, there's angel groups, like we have Vitalized Angels, for instance, at Vitalize, where we invested uh, pre-seed future work companies. And so they, there's that, there's like Hustle Fund has an angel group. But how do you think about that side of things too? Yeah. So um, because we're such a lean team, I never stopped building the company because typically speaking, it's like, you know, the founder stops building the company and you go fundraise full time. I never did that, which I know is kind of like counterintuitive. And, you know, some of the best the best practices out there is like focus just on fundraising. I think fundraising is different for everyone. And, you know, what's worked for me might not work for someone else. So for us, it just happens that we didn't have the capacity to stop working and to into into just fundraise full time. Um, the other aspect, and you you kind of mentioned and hinted on this, is that finding investors that truly believed in your vision, um, which is why I only met with uh, I think forty nine investors, angels, um, institutions, um, you know, syndicates, all included, um, and you, you know, like I. I think there is there is like, you know, I, I remember I was in this fundraising like course, right? It was like a it was like one of those webinars and it's like, think about how many spots you have on your cap table. Multiply by that number by like, I don't know, 10 or something. And that's how many meetings you need to have. Like we didn't do that. Um and for me it's 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 been about do they believe in our vision and do they believe in in us as the team to build it. Um, and the type of questions that they ask you are very different. So, um, you know, the investors that came in um, uh, basically made up the majority of our round. Um, they asked me, it, it was a really great conversation. And the type of questions that they asked me was very different than, um, you know, what the investors that didn't believe asked me. Um, so I'll just give you like, you know, an example. They asked me, tell me about your childhood. Um, who is your best friend? And it sounds like you could do just about anything else, anything in the world. Why this? 
And I've never had these questions asked of me in an investor <laughs> investor setting. And it kind of, yeah. you know, took me by surprise, but, um, but it also gave me an opportunity to share more about my life experiences and my life story, which I think, you know, um, made the investors feel like, understand why I am so passionate about this. Um, and they're able to see a side that you don't typically get to know if you're just asking me, you know, what is your, what is your traction? What is your revenue? How many customers, you know, like all these, all these numbers, especially for a company that's so early stage, having those true believers who see the founder for who they are or who you are, um, has been incredibly valuable for us. Yeah. It is something to think about with, with, you know, talking to founders and a lot now at Vitalize and just how, yeah, if, if you're looking at the fund, for instance, like we're going to invest like 500 K per, per investment of the fund. At the angel community, minimum check size per angels is a thousand, but collectively we'll invest fifty thousand plus. But like investing that much, that much money, especially out of the fund, it's like you want to know who this person is. What drives them? Are they going to stick around with this for the next decade potentially? Like why are they going to do that? And so exactly. those types of questions that are you know could be more surprising. It's like well we just want to know like who is Vivian? Like who are you? Because exactly. there's so much so much depth we never get to with just the like what's your go to market strategy? What's whatever? Like that's great, but also what else? There is a whole team behind it that's making this company work. And I'm glad you mentioned those those questions as well and kind of a little bit more about your experience because there's so much for that for founders to know. It's a two-way street, you know, founders exactly. need to have the right people on their team uh, in terms of investors as well. Absolutely. And especially in this like more remote Zoom filled world, right? It, at, from, it, it It's so easy to feel like you're just a number. Um, whether you are just talking to the next investor to get to a no so that you can move on to the next one, right? Or you feel like you're just another meeting on the VC's calendar. Um, and for 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 there to be that uh, moment where you feel like, oh, I actually get to share a little bit more about myself beyond just a typical range of questions, like was um, was actually really, uh, really moving for me as well. With that fundraise, so what does that mean for you in terms of the next, you know, we always say one round to the next is like 12 to 18 months, depending on the time, you know, that what does that next kind of time period, year and a half or so look like for you in terms of what you're, where you're going? Yeah. So we're super excited. Um, you know, we, uh, have been, uh, really lean and bootstrapped, you know, up to this point, I think I mentioned a little bit there. Um, one of my biggest goals is to build out, um, our team. Um, um most of us have been, uh, part-time <laughs> up until yeah. now. So even getting yeah. the people who's been so instrumental in our uh, in our journey so far on as full-time employees and bring in more talent to build out, uh, you know, the necessary um, functions for us to, to be taken more seriously as a company. I think I'm super sure. excited about that and to be able to provide the experiences um, that we have always envisioned for our professional users as well as for our company users. Um, those are the things that I want to focus on for the next 12 months. I know we're out of time here. So Vivian, where's the best place for people to learn more about Rise and also connect with you if they'd like to? Yeah, so you should check out Rise at joinrise.co. That's J-O-I-N-R-I-S-E dot C-O. Perfect. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. This was fun. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Just Go Grind. If you want to follow along on the socials for all things Just Go Grind and with me as well, you can find Just Go Grind on Instagram and Twitter at Just Go Grind. You can find me on Twitter at JustinGordon212. Find me on Instagram, JustinGordon8. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.